the best, then you gotta pay a little price. If you want it bad enough, you gotta do a little extra things to get it. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond Rich. How we doing? Oh, just another quiet day, Jordan. No, nothing ever happens on the Rams beat. People should know. it's We're recording this on Thursday afternoon, Pacific time. And we had intended to record it in the morning. Things happen. And one of the things that happened in the interim is that the Rams signed Bobby Wagner. Not a surprise, because it had been floated out there for a while. Jordan, you knew about it. You'd been talking about it, reporting about it. But it's official now. Big deal, the Rams signing Bobby Wagner. Jordan, you've been all over it here over the last couple of hours as we speak. What do we know? What does this mean for the Rams? Particularly, what does this mean for this Rams defense? Because it's going to change a lot with Bobby Wagner in there. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into some of the schematic stuff too, Rich, because I'm curious to hear your thoughts as well. Because this is a big this is a big deal. This is the yeah. Rams financially investing in an inside linebacker for the first time in the sh- in the Sneed McVeigh. I was gonna say Schneed, like Sean and Sneed. <laughs> Schneed. Schneed. <laughs> Schneed. Their era of collaboration. They've never really truly made this type of financial investment into an an inside linebacker. It just doesn't, it has not correlated with with their team build. But this this is important when you have an opportunity. This is how it's been described to me for literally weeks. Um, since I wrote the story of what the Rams were probably going to do in free agency, um, it was made very, very clear to me by multiple Rams sources and um, and league sources that regardless of your team build, when you have the opportunity to get a player like Bobby Wagner, who elevates not just what you do on the field, but elevates your entire roster because of who he just is, you you do it, especially if you can get him at a friendlier number than perhaps what – uh, he was initially asking, and certainly a friendlier number than his per year average. So right now, my understanding, it's a five-year deal. These these are the ag- agreed upon terms that they've struck. It's a five-year deal. And so far, the reported numbers, as usual, are quite large. Uh, the reported number is $50 million with a max earning potential of $65 million. M- multiple a league and team sources reminded me to wait until the actual numbers are clear. The Rams weren't really yeah. wanting to offer more than, you know, 6 million really a year with a ton of incentives. And so it's going to be really, really important to look at the base and the guarantees in this contract to see what the numbers really are as a polite reiteration. As we've continued through free agency, the numbers you see initially are never the actual numbers of the contract. Right. Um, so I see a lot of hand wringing about certain numbers, not just for this contract, because again, it's a shock for the Rams to pay an inside linebacker uh, this amount of money. But at the same time, this is not really what the contract is. So as those things get filed over officially to the league, I'll have more reporting on that. But Rich, what was your initial reaction to this? Um, and I guess it really wasn't an, like the initial reaction was weeks ago because again, right. the Rams have been, uh, first, you know, uh, quietly and then 
as as sort of sourced material and then all out publicly via Sean McVeigh speaking in public situations and, and Les Snead speaking in public situations have been very clear about their interest um, in Bobby Wagner. Yeah, no question about it. I was just joking about that on Twitter, how that's it's putting up the bat signal, like whenever Sean McVeigh says something publicly, it's like, <laughs> OK, well, that's going to happen. So uh, how many times have we seen that over the last uh, few years? So, yeah, you know, I had a couple of different reactions to it. One is I, I think there's a little bit of a, a personal thing here. I mean, Jordan, you know, Les Snead actually has a thing in his in his brain. There's a lot of things in Les's brain. But one of the <laughs> one of the things is something he actually calls the Bobby Wagner rule, because when when Les took over as a GM in, in 2012, his first draft really liked Bobby Wagner. And there was a situation we won't get into the details. There's a lot of, you know, mechanics of the draft, but he missed out on Bobby Wagner. And in he his takeaway from that was always that, you know, if there was a player that he liked in the draft, he wasn't going to be shy about it. He wasn't going to hoard picks. As we know, he held to that over the next uh, 10 years. But, uh, but you know, th- I think there's a little bit of a personal thing there. You know, he's finally uh, landed his white whale in a way, bringing in Bobby Wagner uh, 10 years later. So I think it means a lot to this defense. We can get into that. But one thing, Jordan, and I, I think there's a lot to this, but one thing that hit me right away is I will admit when when the Rams made their moves a couple weeks ago, uh, one of which was getting rid of Robert Woods via trade, bringing in Allen Robinson, I expressed some concern about what that would mean for the locker room and what it would mean for, in a way, the culture of this team that's been very carefully constructed uh, over the last five years or so. And I think this is the right move for that. There had to be some type of corresponding move, not only to help the defense, uh, maybe to change the defense a little bit, but also to, to, to boost that culture. And I think bringing in a guy like Bobby Wagner is probably the right anecdote for that. And, and I don't know. We'll see. I still have some concerns, Jordan. I still have some, you know, wondered whether or not that was exactly the right sequence of events that they needed to take. But I think as a response to that Robert Woods move and the shift that they made on offense, this feels like the right counterbalance to me bringing in a guy like Bobby Wagner. But we'll see, right? I mean, it's always a chemistry experiment. You never know how things are going to go on the field, in the locker room. Sometimes they go great. Sometimes they blow up in your face. But all things considered, I, I think this is the right next step for the Rams. Yeah, and it was it was really interesting because just because things are not being put out on Twitter constantly doesn't mean things aren't happening, right? Like this was a <laughs> very open and mutual interest between the two parties and Bobby Wagner went went and visited the Rams late last week and they had made it clear from the jump and by the way, he represents himself. It's just he is an extraordinary person and I have a couple of cool Bobby Wagner stories from from previous years and, and our Michael Sean Dugar, I tweeted it out, wrote an incredible feature on yeah. Bobby recently um, about his life and and who he is. And that's definitely a must read to go check out over the athletic.com. So he he went and visited the Rams last week and the meeting was characterized to me. And again, just because it's not being put out there immediately doesn't mean that things aren't being gathered and information isn't being collected. That's the, that's the job is collecting a shitload of information over right. time and then, you know, disseminating it accordingly when, when it's appropriate. And it's people described that the, the series of conversations they had the meetings as uh, to, to quote one person, I think this is going to get done because they are just loving each other like mm-hmm. this. It was so um, sort of just this meeting of the minds, just really, really 
good experience, I think, on on both sides, where here's this player who this group of of coaches and executives have respected for so long um, and admired for so long and always had that feeling of like, ah, what if he what if he'd just been in our building um, and, and all of that? And, and and now he's in the building and he's also meeting them really for the first time and having these conversations outside of the football field for the first time. And they're learning about who he is and they're thinking, oh my gosh, we've lost Andrew Whitworth. We've lost Robert Woods. We've lost Von Miller. Um, Johnny Hecker is gone. A, a bunch right. of pieces who make up our core. And here comes this, uh, I'm going to say uh, young man because he is uh, only two years older than me. And I like to think that I'm young, <laughs> um, but in football terms, he is a veteran player. Um, right. Here comes this guy who can absolutely be a core player for them. And they, and they clearly with the duration of the contract five years, I mean, they believe he will be a core voice within their locker room for several years to come. And I think that that's really, really important because this is a team that knows that for every move and for every uh, sort of, I guess, loss, there has to be an equal and opposite reaction, if not even more so, and not just schematically, but also emotionally. And and this is going to right. be really, really important moving forward because absolutely, Bobby Wagner is somebody who people will rally around. Von Miller balanced out this defense in such a way because it, he had a very unique style to his leadership. You know, Jalen Ramsey is very hard on his sleeve guy and he's very, um, he will be very vocal. Aaron Donald, very, very quiet. You, you also want somebody who's just consistent, who's in the middle, who just is going to continue to sort of balance out um, all of the outliers in terms of, of how bright their stars can shine and also bring up the young guys. And, and I'm excited to hear more about how he gets, uh, you know, to talk with, with Ernest Jones, who will be aligned next to. Right. It's just, it's just really, I think if you're a Rams player, you're really, really excited about this move. And if you're a member of the front office and the coaching staff, if you're Raheem Morris, you're freaking the hell out right now yeah. of, of, with joy, honestly. Like, I don't know where they're, they're having their draft house this year, but this is a pool party free agency <laughs> move. Um, this is just, um, I think it's a, I think it's a really solid move for the Rams. And, and I, I was really fortunate early in my career to cover, um, Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis in Carolina. And those two are two of the best ever to play at their respective position as well. Yeah. And it was so funny because they almost sounded like little kids talking about superheroes when they would talk about Bobby Wagner in Seattle. And the Panthers went on a stretch where they played Seattle quite a bit um, back when I was there. Mm -hmm. And Luke Keekley would just stand and like hold court over by his locker and just talk for several minutes upon minutes upon minutes about the cool things he'd seen Bobby Wagner do. And this is Luke Keekley who used to call out the play before the quarterback did. Like he, this is, <laughs> this is the same, I mean, this is the same type of, of special, special player that they've brought into their building. And, and um, on a schematic level, I'm, I'm really excited to see this because he does everything. They don't have to scheme around this inside linebacker position right. using dropped safeties and sacrificing the shell around the back part of their defense. They don't have to pull guys in closer to the line of scrimmage. They can move them incredibly horizontally as well as vertically. And, and he can get downhill, but also where I think he's going to make such a huge difference is in these perimeter run schemes and these yeah. outside zone run schemes that are now becoming more and more frequent throughout the league. 
and as everybody adopts the Shanahan McVay system and their concepts. And this killed the Rams when the 49ers did this against them. This is like yeah. Bobby Wagner versus Debo Samuel is going to be the matchup that you see. And go back and look at his stats against San Francisco over the last couple of seasons. I think the Rams are very clear that if they want to remain competitive in the NFC West and, and continue their hopes for uh, repeat contention for a Super Bowl, they need to make absolutely sure that they are not getting swept by the 49 during the regular season because yeah. this sort of like fate of fateful twist of events doesn't happen this way next year. It, it's going to be a completely different season. They need to make sure that the things that were their weakest points, the things that Mike McDaniel exploited so, um, I guess, like a cruelly, I guess I would say, yeah. um, in terms of not just attacking the Rams uh, defense, but attacking their team build and their philosophy and their ethos by scheming against Troy Reader the way that they did, the way that he did right. in their run game and using Debo Samuel. This is, you know, Bobby Wagner is going to be the guy along with Ernest Jones who um, have to hold the hold the wall essentially in this regard and basically um, turn that part of the Rams team build in their and their and uh, their defense from, I guess, a perceived weakness across the league into a perceived strength. Yeah, the 49ers were the first thing that came to my mind when when I thought about this and and not just the 49ers but knowing what a what a copycat league this is and and knowing that other teams are going to learn from that and and how to attack these these Rams the way that the the 49ers did um so effectively you knew the the Rams couldn't uh, to, to coin a phrase Jordan they couldn't afford to run it back um the way that they had with that with that part of the defense and just expect that they were going to get internal improvement and this is not just any improvement. This is Bobby Wagner. <laughs> I mean, this is not you go out and, and sign a mid-level free agent or you draft somebody who you think is an upgrade. I mean, they, they went out and got one of the best who's ever done it uh, to go fill that position. So you're, you're paying for that a little bit too. We can talk about however this contract ends up looking and Jordan couldn't agree more. Like, don't look at the numbers. Don't look at the, don't look at the numbers and assume it's a straight average and that's what they're paying him. That's never the case with the Rams. Uh, we've come to learn that. So the numbers will be different than how they appear, but whatever the numbers are, uh, the, the Rams are, are paying for a little bit of something here that is a premium for them that they really need. And again, they're not overpaying somebody who's just a average upgrade. They're they're paying for somebody who's going to change the game for them. Um, yeah, yeah and, go ahead. And I think too, it's it's similar. It's certainly not a one for one. Von Miller swap. Obviously, Bobby Wagner. Yes, they'll design some increased like pressure packages, but they're not going to have him line up outside the shoulder and and right. and that's not what it is. I saw some people who were asking me, um, you know, is this Miller? Is this the 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 Miller replacement? No, it certainly is mm -hmm. not. But I think they're similar moves in the sense that when they brought Von Miller in, yes, that was a high capital move this time draft capital, but also in exchange for absorbing the salary, um, it was a high capital move for a player who gave them an extra edge to break through past where they already were right. and and did so in a player of uh, elite status and that's who that's what you're seeing that's who this this amount of financial or draft capital that's who they push in for a player who can um absolutely push from the quote unquote window that they're in at any given position or even offensively or defensively push them to that next step, that next level, and break them through 
where they are now. And it's something that the Bills copied from the Rams. I, I don't want to say copied because, you know, every team has their own build, but like the Bills saw this with Von Miller and and said, okay, well, we want that guy because these guys are contenders, but they needed to get through to that next extra step. They needed to break through that extra, that last little wall that was holding them back. And, and that's what Von Miller very much also did for the Rams last year. But it also was important because they didn't ask Von Miller to be everything for them. They're not asking Bobby Wagner to be everything for them. They're going right. to line him up next to a very talented player in Ernest Jones. So he's not going to have to play outside of himself. There, He's going to just have to do the things that he does best, those superpowers that Les Snead always talks about. When you, it's the same thing when they bring in edge rushers. You're not asking these edge rushers. I'm, I'm not comparing Ernest Jones to Aaron Donald, but what I'm saying is you're bringing in players who can complement in a way that's uh, advantageous to both sides. It's advantageous for Aaron Donald to have a talented edge rusher next to him um, on either side. It's advantageous for Ernest Jones, who can be used in a variety of ways, to have somebody as consistently outstanding as Bobby Wagner is. And it's also advantageous for Bobby Wagner to have a young, up-and-coming, really talented and versatile linebacker lining up next to him. Um, and I think it, it's, it lifts both of them and it, and it allows Bobby to play more freely. It allows him to not be sort of in contain. It allows him to not be on cleanup duty. Like you can really have some fun utilizing these guys. And right. I think in that way, these moves are similar because you're not, you're not just going, um, you know, okay, we're desperate here. We need somebody to come be a superhero for us. No, it's, it's actually, no, we're adding this elite player next to someone we really, really believe in because we believe that it will turn both of these players um, into something, uh, what what comes next for both of them. And that's, that has a trickle effect um, through the entire defense, I think. Yeah. It, it, okay. So there's a couple of things we want to talk about. We want to talk about what happened at the, the owners' meetings. We want to talk about maybe some contract uh, stuff that's going on. But, but before we do that, Jordan, I need to ask you a question that you're not going to be able to answer right now, which is just a great way to throw that to you, seems right? Fair. But, it seems yeah, fair. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally fair. But I'm, I'm stipulating that up front. So let, let's run through this real quick. Um, uh, since, since the Super Bowl, okay, coming off of that Rams defense, Von Miller, Darius Williams, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, Oba Okoronkwo, uh, you know, some pretty big pieces there. Obviously, you're adding in Bobby Wagner now at a position where they didn't lose anybody, but they're making a big upgrade. Um, do you, we talked so much, Jordan, during this past season about the evolution of this defense and how from week one to the Super Bowl, things changed. Uh, things got more comfortable. People adapted. People, uh, you know, personnel changed. Everything changed during the course of that season. Mm -hmm. um, can, can we take anything away at, at this point or is it too early, which it probably is? the way that this defense might evolve a little bit going into next season, putting Bobby Wagner in that place changes a lot. Um, do you anticipate this defense looking a little bit different um, or are they going to basically be trying to do the same things that they did for the past couple of years? Um, they're not going to change schemes. I know that for a fact, this okay. is, this is the scheme that um, they're running at an elite level. And I think that you still want to continue to find advantages and edges here and there but this is the defense that is has become um the dominant system or or is becoming the dominant system in the league but I still think it's a year or two away from being solved essentially you know what I mean so I think yeah. I think that's why you see people load up for some of the quarterbacks that they're loading up for they're also loading up on the receivers that you're seeing and and I think that 
Um, in a couple of years, sure, there might be the next new thing comes along, but this Bobby Wagner can put like can absolutely still add an edge. And it's kind of like when you saw them add Von Miller, um, it's your your you're asking the player not to reinvent the wheel, but you're asking them to just be better at their job than the other guys on the field on the other side. And so I think that you you are going to see, you started to see um, Raheem Morris deploy some of the pressure um, and, and deploy, especially when he had Ernest Jones, deploy some of the inside linebacker work a little bit differently. But I think this is more so a reaction of this was the remaining weakness that the Rams had Um in, and it was very clear that teams who could exploit it did. Their losses were when teams went ball control and targeted and exploited the the second yeah. level of their defense, specifically Troy Reader. Yeah. And that was their sort of remaining weakness in this de- defensive scheme and where it still had yet to go. This is something that Brandon Staley and I have talked about um, since si- since he got here. And then Raheem Morris, in addition, um, in terms of moving that forward as well, is okay, but you're not quite there yet because this defense in its fullest iteration, it doesn't ask for you to scheme around inside line. It wants very good inside linebackers. It's not right. just like, okay, you don't have to worry about those guys because everyone else is great. No, it do- it's not saying sacrifice this part of the field. Um, it, it, it does want full players and full ability in every single phase. And so I think because people saw that this is where the weakness was, this is where you can try to scheme around Jalen Ramsey. This is where you can try to scheme around Aaron Donald is by putting the onus directly on Troy Reader, um, who, you know, I, I hate to bash the guy because this is a guy who was picked up to play special teams and is a very good special teams player. And then because of, you know, resource limitations and then specifically injuries last year was put into this position that I think was he was being asked to play a little bit outside of himself. And player is rarely successful when they have to do that. So I'm not trying to bash Troy Reader here, but it, yeah. it, it specifically was the part of the Rams, um, you know, evolution that had not yet come along. And you saw them work to bring it along because they drafted Ernest Jones, who is a perfect fit for what they like to do on defense um, and is a very talented player, but he was not healthy through the entire season. And so they kind of had to take a step back in that inside linebacker position. So I, th- I don't think that this signals a scheme change at all. Um, they're, they're in nickel and dime a lot anyway. So you want to have your two linebackers on the field for, you know, at least 80% of the snaps that you're in regardless. Right. But in this way, you can actually play this defense a little bit more true than what they had to do sometimes in the past last year with, with when readers on the field, sometimes they had to drop safeties in the box to help. You want to keep the shell over the back half of this defense um, because you want to be able to count on your linebackers to contain some of those toss plays, those outside zone runs, the perimeter runs, the catch and run plays that Bobby Wagner is going to be um, so important in containing and that you saw Ernest Jones really was the, the, the difference maker especially in that second in that uh second regular season Cardinals game um and and some other some other areas as well in in containing that and and working to combat the things that um were really the the the, the ways that teams were trying to attack the Rams because 
they kept the sh- they were trying to keep the shell over the back so you couldn't get really downfield on them so you're re- you're now targeting okay you can't can't run directly at Aaron Donald all right check you can't uh <laughs> throw the ball explosively really downfield because they're containing explosive pass plays um at a league leading rate okay check so who are you going to target oh yeah why not why not the former undrafted free agent inside linebacker who can't really move horizontally and and you're going to ask him to right. and and that's the that was the that was the issue and so i think that this adding Bobby who can work the perimeter and the horizontally as well as he can, but also can contain downhill. I think this actually allows them to be more true to their selves that they want to be um, versus signaling some like major schematic. Actually, I know for a fact it doesn't, because I asked right. that question uh, to right, several right. people this morning, it does not signal a uh, a major schematic shift. Now, could they, can they get more creative and multiple with some of the things that they want to do? Absolutely, because you have a future Hall of Famer in the middle of the field, not only helping direct traffic, but also um, just sort of like covering up and smothering that entire area that teams had sort of happily attacked, you know, Tennessee and, and San Francisco, especially sort of happily attacked that area um, last season and the year before that. And now um, they, they're going to have to figure out another way to attack this group. And, um, you know, I'm glad I don't have to be the one answering that question. <laughs> yeah, th- this was the one area. I mean, going back to last season, look, the Rams won the Super Bowl. They're not going to sit here and nitpick things. But uh, there was the one area on that defense going into the season where you looked at it and thought, oh, Okay, you know, if you think you can, you think you can get by with that, then then good luck. And obviously, they did more than get by. They won a Super Bowl, um, so they they answered the question at the end of the day. But like you said, this is going to be an area where teams were were going to exploit, uh, and increasingly just based on personnel and and how hard it was to attack the Rams in other areas. So certainly made sense to to upgrade this position. Jordan, one more question there because I know this is a subject. It's often near and dear to your heart, but uh, uh, green. I don't dot- know how many carry. I don't know how many carries Cam Akers will get next year. No. No. How about the new uniform? <laughs> Do you know anything about the new uniform? Uh, green dot Bobby Wagner. Is that is that safe to assume? I I think it's going to be interesting, right? Because your instinct says, yeah, absolutely. But then also you think about how um, they're going to have a choice, I think. And and it's like a like champagne problems, right? Because Raheem Morris is from a coaching tree that does not really historically believe in giving safeties the green dot. Um, but Jordan Fuller so blew him away. And of course, then your options at the beginning of the year were a unproven rookie linebacker or Troy Reader or Jordan Fuller. So of course, you know, I think it probably right. leans you lean Jordan Fuller anytime in that regard. And Jordan's done a great job doing this. Um, but at the same time, you know, he is stereotypically like from a tree that or that a tree that doesn't like stereotypically give uh, the green dot to safety. So I wouldn't be surprised if it does go to an inside linebacker between Ernest Jones and Bobby Wagner. Um, like, I think your gut says Bobby Wagner, but then also you have to think yeah. about some of the rotations that you're willing to deploy. So I think depending on that um that that's going to be ultimately because the green dot's going to stay on the field the entire game so depending on which player you, you know either way they're both going to be playing like i would say like 80 percent, if not 85 percent of the defensive snaps so right. um, both of those players i think you're going to see them on the field for uh, most of the snaps if not all but in terms of who who is actually you know the signal caller i really think that that's going to be one of the most interesting things because you could continue to in the very brief chance in the very brief times that you do rotate um, your linebackers, you could rotate Bobby in and out and sort of have this sort of Aaron Donald 
um, pitch count almost. It's not really pitch count, but like, the, you know, how they do it where right. sometimes AD is on the field and sometimes he's not. You could do mm-hmm. that also with Bobby and have Ernest be your every down backer. I think you could very, very fairly do that. But you could also do that with Bobby and then have Ernest be the guy who comes in and out. So, right, right. so I think that that's a, a, it's a good problem to have. Um, I, I don't know if I could guess right now, um, but I think it's going to be one of my favorite things to track as spring and summer workouts get underway. Yeah, it's going to be uh, fantastic to, to track all of that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Jordan Rodrigue World Tour has has continued (laughs) from uh, starting at the Super Bowl and then uh, just a few weeks after that to the Combine in Indianapolis. Cross Country Tour. Yes, coming to a town near you. Um, next uh, on the schedule was Florida, where you just uh, returned from from the from the owners' meetings. Um, always a good time to gather some information, which is something that you uh, are fantastic at. Um, so let's maybe do a little bit of a lightning round here, maybe just because there, there's a lot of things that you've covered. And by the way, uh, everybody, if you haven't already, go and check out Jordan's column that got published on this very topic this week uh, in the Athletic, uh, talking about the owners meetings what was gleaned uh, from that and by the way really good stuff that we probably won't get into on this podcast but really good stuff in there about the changes on offense and what Robinson coming in and Woods going out uh, could mean uh, for uh, the way that that offense is run like I said we, we maybe we'll get into that in a, in a later podcast we probably won't have time today but go check that out um, specifically for that uh, but also for the other great information in there in Jordan a lot of contract talk here right okay we'll, we'll do kind of a lightning round here. I think people are probably most interested, I'd have to say, what's going on with Aaron Donald. He's obviously been quiet other than some, I guess, some Instagram stuff. Um, seems to be, I don't want to put anybody words in anybody's mouth, yours, anybody else's. I will take those, I will, I will accept my own words. Seems to be trending toward Aaron Donald coming back in 2022 with a reworked contract in some way. Um, but what are you hearing on that? And and should we expect to hear anything fairly soon? Yeah. So good, good news for good news for your girl, Jordan, uh, had yeah. a, had a lot of good access here at, at owners meetings. Uh, did, did meet Stan Kroenke for the first time. Oh um, yeah. He kind what of color is, suit was he wearing? He was, uh, it was a blue blazer and jeans. So uh, it was very like he was really just relaxing in Florida, I think. Sunglasses? You're at sun aviator sunglasses. Okay. Um, He was very nice. uh, And, um, you know, but but also in the the real exciting news, they uh, all all available um, for conversations throughout the course of the week were the VP of football administration, Tony Pasteur's, who historically is not not very available to speak. Um, so uh, gave a great interview. There's some awesome quotes in there that I think you guys will really like. Yeah. Um, Les Snead was available. Sean McVay was available. Kevin Demoff were available. A bunch of Rams executives were present and sort of holding it down um, with the Cronkies at the, at the league meetings. And so it was really fascinating to pick people's brains. Um, and then also everybody across the league was there. So um, I had a, I had a really 
really productive time just catch, first of all, catching up with people, but then also just getting in there and asking questions. You know, I'm so fascinated in league trends and and team builds and philosophies and, and the evolution of this league. And, and that was really cool. I think people were really excited to talk about this because people are trying new things. People are doing things differently now. And, and the Rams, I think, I, I always hesitate to say, I actually think it's a bit lazy to say that People are simply following their blueprint uh, of what they achieved last year and how they build their team. But I actually will say that um, because every team is different and every team's build is different and there's a lot of factors that go into what the Rams were able to accomplish. It wasn't just picks for players and big, big, bold moves or anything like that. There were so many things that I've covered ad nauseum over the last two years. But at the same (laughs) time, I do think the Rams showed other teams what is possible when you take these risks and then stabilize your ecosystem and and, um, commit to its interdependence behind those big moves. Um, and what is possible when you when you do that successfully? And, and I think that that's really exciting for people. And that was a fun a fun series of conversations to have. Um, now the time zone tripped me up, Rich, because Sean McVay looked directly at us and said, "Yes, Aaron Donald has told him he is returning in uh, 2022." And I put it on Twitter, and no, but nothing happened. Now it was three in the morning LA uh-huh. time. So, so <laughs> I gotta be honest. I don't think I even saw that. Yeah. So I was like, is, is nobody excited about this? Like what's going on? And then I was like, oh yeah, the time change is brutal. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it was, uh, very early Los Angeles. So yes, um, Sean McVay says that Aaron Donald has told him he is returning, um, in 2022. Now this is not going to be under the same deal that he was under, um, they're working on a new contract for him. It's going to be an extension. I think it will be uh, a large one. And I also know that they're, they've made good progress on it. You know, Rich, I know you covered the last time Aaron Donald's contract was was getting done. And oh, yes. this was like, what, an 18-month process. And yes. it, it had, you know, it was a holdout and all of that. Well, I talked with Tony Pasteur, who is, who is building this contract, by the way. That's his job is to do these things, which is why right. he almost never speaks to us publicly because he's in charge of all the money. Um, and, and, you know, they have to keep their leverages and advantages because they, they, they clearly believe the cap is merely a suggestion. But I think that, um, it was interesting because he, he just said he felt so much better about it this time around than he did last time. Um, they've made a lot of good progress. Sean McVay said they've had great dialogue between their camp and, and Aaron Donald's camp and that this thing is moving along at a good clip. I see some comments on Twitter that is just like, well, why isn't it done already? Well, it seems like it's taking forever. Guys, they won the Super Bowl like a month and two weeks ago. Yeah. And Aaron Donald went on a re- relaxation, rejuvenation, celebration tour afterward and also had to make a decision about whether he was returning or not that right. had little to do with the contract itself and a lot to do with what he legitimately wanted to do. So these things happen in their own time. Um, I, you know, it, it's, it, it's hard to present that with the nuance that it deserves on um, Twitter.com. But trust me, this thing is moving along in a good clip. Um, you know, I don't, I don't expect a holdout. I don't expect any of those types of things. Aaron Donald is at the facilities working out already. Um, that should tell you a lot in the short term. And it'll also, they've, they've got the, the general outline for what it's going to look like already set, which helps them as they continue to navigate through the rest of the, the second and third waves of free agency and get a couple other guys done too. 
All right. Well, we will, we will continue to monitor your Twitter feed at 3 a.m. To, to make sure. What that's is when, time? <laughs> what is, I'm, I'm operating in Whitworth's now. This is this team. This is what this team has done to me. Time has no meaning. No, Jordan just exists outside of time. Like there, there is no, there is no concept of time in Jordan's world. So, um, yes, that will obviously be great news uh, for Rams fans. We already knew, um, per previous, I believe, from the combine, the Sean McVay convert confirming that he would come back and Jordan you got an interesting tidbit there also uh, that they uh, when they when they do these new deals they're going to kind of align uh, Sean McVay and Les Snead it's something that I, I don't know how prevalent it is I have to be honest with you but it was something when I when I covered the LA Kings uh, about 10 years ago they did the same thing and then I don't I, I'm not sure I ever got a full explanation as to why that is so important um, but but I, I know there is a little bit of a precedence for that so Jordan maybe you could speak on that a little bit and also the other one that people are probably going to want to know a little bit about is Odell and and mm-hmm. where that stands and and whether there's any update on that. That's obviously not an urgent uh, one because of his knee injury. But uh, did, have we learned anything new about that? Yeah. So first, to answer your first question, um, Kevin Demoff did confirm to me that Les Snead and Sean McVay will be extended prior to the start of the 2022 season. Um, so I asked him what time and what day or what 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 that parameter might look 3 like a.m. he yeah and he kind of laughed and he just said that we went to he said quote we went to the super bowl in 2018 they both had 2 years left on on their previous deals which is the same here um then he said we announced extensions for them on the eve of training camp and then he said sometimes past is protocol yeah. so as we there get closer go. to training camp i think you're going to look at that now i don't expect i don't expect them to be um, the same amount of money. I think that you're looking at different leverage points for both people. I think Sean McVay is already. Um, I, I would I would assume Sean McVay already has a good idea of what he's going to be getting paid. Um, but but it was important for this organization to align both of these guys at the same time. I think um, they. I, I wouldn't say that every day is probably uh, just a breezy walk in the park because this is super competitive atmosphere, hyper competitive environment between two people who are um, being aggressive in their pursuit of, of all of these things. Um, but I do think that they translate each other extremely well. I think that that is so rare. And, and it's funny when you see everybody together at these league meetings, you really can see what some of the differences and similarities are in some of these franchises, um, people who can translate each other extremely well and can execute each other's ideas versus people who perhaps are not quite there yet and perhaps will never be there. And I think that that, that is, uh, it's a striking part of getting everybody together in the same building is, um, you can see that Les and Sean sort of operate with this, um, very simpatico, vibe and they are very different from each other but at their core they're both i think extremely excess uh extremely obsessive individuals um at times to their detriment in terms of um building this thing and winning winning games and yeah. and they speak differently they think differently but they know each other well and they know how to translate and execute the other's ideas and i think that that's something that's um super rare and super important and and demoff sort of Allude, alluded to this in that um, it is really important from a franchise perspective um, to keep these guys aligned for the long term. Now, I don't know what this looks this contract looks like. My guess is it's anywhere between three and five years. 
But at the same time, Rich, I got to say, I don't think that it means that we're off Sean McVay watch in terms of whenever he does take a break. I think that there's a natural inclination to say, oh, they gave him a five-year deal. So at the end of that deal, that's when he decides he's going to take a break. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that every offseason now, because we know what the sum of money is that he's being offered here for these from these TV people. I think every off season we will have to ask the question, is it time or is it not time? Um, And kind of have this little uh, adventure that we all went on this off season. Um, Now in terms (laughs) of um, who did you, Odell. Odell. Yeah. This is who you asked me about. Um, So the Rams, my understanding is the Rams have, have put the ball in his court. Like it was communicated to me that they, badly want him to come back. Um, they they love the guy. You heard Jalen Ramsey on the Pivot podcast talking about how what a great teammate he was and Sean McVay talking about what a great teammate he is um, and how much they loved him and how how much he did everything right. Um, he fits. He, he uh, especially if he was a midseason ad, he certainly fits for what they are doing schematically moving forward. I've written that, about that a lot in the last couple of weeks over at theathletic.com. And um, they just they just really like the guy. They're also they've communicated to me that they want to do a multi-year deal. So that gives does give him a little more security than just sort of a see how it goes situation. They want him rehabbing in their building with Reggie Scott. Uh, I think we could probably in, in imply that that would maybe shorten his recovery time a bit, um, considering what those guys have done with their sports science. And it sounds to me like the ball is in his court, and I think that's fair because yeah. He is a free agent. Uh, he had a horrible thing happen to him that w- was outside of his control right when he was about to seriously cash in. Um, and I think that he has every right to see and explore what his opportunities are and what his options are. Um, I think ultimately when you see the team make other moves like this, the Bobby Wagner move, um, you see guys get back in buildings and do fun projects like, again, the Rams uh, moving toward uh, some new things this spring uh, that they're going to be working on through uh, the city of Los Angeles. I think you see these types of things and you want to be a part of it. And I think that that's sort of what they're hoping for. And that's probably part of the reason why they made their intentions so clear so early on in the process. Yeah, I totally agree, Jordan. I mean, there's there's no rush here, um, especially when you're talking about a guy who uh, terribly, unfortunately, is is going to be out for a bit here. So he he certainly deserves the time to uh, figure out what what he wants to do, and uh, you know if they can make something work out with the Rams, then uh, I think that would be beneficial to, for everybody. To be honest with you, uh, but but we'll see, and that, that's that's going to play itself out. And you know we haven't talked a lot here about um, Allen Robinson, and and I I, I think kind of want to wait and see. Like, are are they going to bring back Odell? Um, how does that change? things. How is all this going to fit together among the receivers? One thing we didn't uh, mention that's covered very uh, in depth in, in your story is a, is a possible restructure for Cooper Cup, uh, which would also be very well earned if if that uh, took place. So uh, obviously a lot of, a lot of movement in, in that receiver's room. So uh, we'll see how that uh, shakes out over the uh, next couple of weeks here. But Yeah, uh, and, and sorry yeah. to interrupt, Rich, but no. I will say that I do think that I I have an educated sense that that mm-hmm. will happen. Um, I yeah. think you're looking at like May for that. Um, okay. And I, I do think that that extension and restructure for Cooper Cup, I, I do think that that happens. Now, I, I this is another situation where the team is very aware. He's like, he's not trying to be the highest paid or even like among the highest paid receivers. It's not really in his right. personality. But the team also believes, and this was, again, this was communicated to me 
in lovely Florida this last mm-hmm. week, uh, mm-hmm. over the last couple of days, they do believe that he deserves a pay bump. They believe they owe him a pay bump um, for what he accomplished for them and all he's doing for them moving forward and how he's helped uh, Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay expand this offense, let alone becoming the fourth modern era player to win the Triple Crown. Um, it, they they absolutely um, want to make sure that um, his pay reflects that a little bit more. And when they get Aaron Donald's deal structured out, um, the two can can kind of complement each other in certain ways. They're they're both going to alleviate a little bit more space. Um, they opened up a lot of other space already with Matthews' extension and with Leonard Floyd's right. restructure. Um, great great tidbit, by the way, in my report from league meetings about Leonard Floyd. If you haven't read it yet, you have to go read it. It is a great detail that you would never think about because Leonard is so quiet. Um, but you have to go and see, uh, that detail if you haven't yet, but, but this Cooper cup thing, this is coming. Um, and I'm pretty confident that it will go very quickly once they sort of open the window for it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've talked about, the wheel never, ever stops spinning in the NFL. And especially when you cover the Los Angeles Rams, there's always something going on in the offseason just getting started. There's a lot here to cover. Of course, Jordan will be all over it. Jordan, cover your ears for a minute because, uh, you know, OTAs start in in just about (laughs) three weeks. The phase one of of OTAs, if you can believe that. And of course, the draft at the end of of April, too. So uh, always a, a lot to sort out. Jordan, a fantastic work as always jordan you might think oh you get to go down and spend a week in beautiful florida what a vacation no 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 jordan is there working uh, every single day and the fruit of it is in our great coverage at the athletic so we want to thank everybody as always who has already subscribed uh and is aware of jordan's work there and on twitter at jordan rodrigue at 3 a.m anytime there's news uh, jordan will be all over it and and Of course, if for some reason you're not already a subscriber, maybe you have some friends who aren't, you know, they're not, they're not quite on the cutting edge the way that you are. We have good news. You can go to theathletic.com slash 11 personnel. Not only do you get Jordan's great coverage, but you get her favorite thing in the entire world, which is what? (laughs) My favorite thing in the entire world, you guys, is a great discount. And anytime you subscribe to The Athletic through the 11 Personnel Podcast, you get my favorite thing in the world, which is a great discount every single time you do that. Um, We see you. We love you. uh, We appreciate you guys for following along. We'll be back real soon with another episode of 11 Personnel. There's going to be a lot to talk about as usual. Um, We love opening up these live rooms as well. We'll get a couple of those going over the next couple of weeks so we can actually hear your voices. In the meantime, keep following along. It's going to be a wild off season and another wild season for the Rams, I would bet. Um, and we appreciate you guys keeping track of us every single for every single second of it, even if it is at 3 a.m. So we'll catch you next time. <laughs>